Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. you got to stand in it. Guys are going to be around you from Mahomes. Heads up. Stand in the pocket. Fire under duress. From the pocket. On the run, to the end zone, it's caught, on his back, Valdez Scantling, to win big time games, someone's got to do such a what Mahomes just did right there, he knew he had to take it. That's Tony Romo with Jim Nance on CBS, they no longer have any calls this year because the Super Bowl's on Fox. But a story came out, and this is via, looks like a podcast that Andrew Marshan of the New York Post does with friend of the show, Jim O'Ran, uh, John O'Ran, rather, from a Sports Business Journal. Uh-huh. Tony Romo needs to study more, Marshan said on the Marshan and O'Ran Sports Media Podcast. He needs to be better prepared. As you move away from the sidelines, you need to do more work. I know CBS is aware of this. They tried an intervention last offseason. They knew. They anticipated this. That's a credit to them, the people in charge there, but it has not gotten better. Now, this has become a massive national story, this idea that CBS had what was called an intervention with Tony Romo. But the report that's out there is essentially that his performance has dropped off as an analyst to the point where prior to this season, CBS had to sit down with Tony Romo to try to help him be better or to said, hey, we committed to 10 years at, at you know whatever it is, $20 million a year. Let, let's figure this out. We need you as our number one guy to, to be great, and you're not being great right now. That is the report. For the record, CBS said that's not true. Right. CBS responded in kind and said, no, 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 we wouldn't characterize it that way. We're always meeting with talent to go over performance and, and things. Stands to reason to me. Sure. So – we come at this differently because mm-hmm. you you don't like Romo as an analyst, and I do. I think this story is much ado about nothing, but I'm I'm sure you disagree. No, I, I think it is a thing. Um, and, and one of Marchand's quotes was, "There's kind of a fine line between unconventional and undisciplined." So here's what I think happened, and I want and I, and I want your opinion. The thing that made Romo, to me at least, so incredible in 2017 and 2018 is he'd look at the play before the rest of us did, see the formation. Jim, they love to run, I don't know, bubble screen out of this, and they get this look. It's a bubble screen. They love to run the counter against if they get a certain box, here it comes, and he and that, that's what would happen, right? That's what made it special. You sort of dealt with the colloquial, oh, geez, like the kind of the squeals, the Roscoe P. Coltrane making an arrest type sounds. You got over that kind of stuff if it didn't bother you. That's what always bothered me. But you acknowledged the part of what made him great was that preternatural, like intuitive sense of what was happening. He could explain it so well, et cetera. Here's what I think happened. This league changes so fast. 
The turnover is so incredible. Teams that were terrible when he was uh, when he just hung them up are now Super Bowl contenders. Jacksonville's in the postseason, a, a player or two away. Cincinnati went from god awful to now knocking on the doorstep, and so on and so forth. So much is different. He can't just get by on all that base of knowledge that he had. And he could just walk into the booth without having done anything, know what everybody was doing all the time because he'd just seen it. I think that's gone. And I think he's he had a, or he needs to have, kind of that come to Jesus moment where he can be more prepared to get that sort of sense back. Because now all it is is the kind of colloquial sort of, oh shucks, here we go. This is the play, Jim. Here we go. And it's worn stale without kind of that incredible genius that he displayed his first couple of years. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, so a few things, I guess. Number one, I don't think he, he is underprepared ever it, from my viewership and what I watch. I was really surprised to see that critique. If you don't like his style, I totally get that. It's not for everybody. He's super unique in how he calls a game. If you don't like his energy, which is very, very obvious mm-hmm. and over the top is probably strong, but it's you know, he's going to hit you in the face with energy, right? As you said, there's a lot of sounds, and there's, like, he's living and dying on every play, and there's a, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah. If you don't like all that stuff, and it's not for you, I, I get that completely. I've never once watched the broadcast he did and felt like he was unprepared, where he didn't know the, who the players were, where he didn't have a good backstory on a player. I, I've just never thought that. So I, I thought that was, like, an unfair criticism, frankly. Um Here's what I think is happening. I think he is unique and different. Unique and different is bashed. And I think people are bashing him. I don't think there's much more Mm. to it than that. Um, I don't know if you're saying he can't predict plays like he did before because the league has changed. I categorically disagree with that. Now, I think he has stopped predicting plays to some extent. He still does it a little bit. Because he shouldn't be predicting plays. Like I always thought that was the worst part about what he was doing. I know every he got a lot of attention and credit and people loved it. But like telling us right before the play, they're going to run left here. A is not your job. I guess there was some novelty to it. or it, well, That's well, not pe- for people me. People were blown away by it. Is, Agreed. Is the point. He got all this acclaim because he was doing that. Agreed. And I, for the record, I think most commentators can do that who played in the NFL for a lot of years. I would say if you're a quarterback and uh, in his case, you're a really sharp guy. You might be better at it, but like if, if you sit and watch a game with Logan Paulson and and you show him a bunch of concepts or whatever, and, and he studies the film, and then you go to a son, he'd say, "Okay, we're we're going shotgun. They're they're throwing a bubble out to the right here, whatever." Like that wasn't that crazy, but everyone was just so stunned because no one had done it. Right. And I think the reason no one had done it is because that's not your job. Like picking the play before it happens, predicting they're going to run left. You know, look out for the screen here. I think that there is some value sometimes in, in vaguely doing that. Here's my example. It's it's third and 15, and you might say something like, this is a dangerous situation for this offense backed up against the goal line. Might be a good time to just run a draw, punt, and, and live to fight another day. As a predictive commentary, uh-huh. uh, in a situation where you've, you've just gave up a sack and it's like second and 17, and you're noticing blitz on the last four plays, Maybe you say something like, hey, this team's pinning their ears back right now. Spags is bringing heat on every single play. I'd throw a screen here. Almost using the information you have as your own comment rather than saying, here comes the screen to the left. Like Again, a nuanced thing. Mm-hmm. Some people may or may not care. 
But like, I think they have kind of cooled his jets on that, probably correctly, in my opinion. I'm just really surprised to see people say he's unprepared. I think people don't like what you've always kind of been bothered by, which is the, ooh, here we go, all whatever that is. Well, because without the, whether it's perceived or not, whether without that genius element where he's going counter trade to the left, bubble screen to the right, deep shot, deep cross, this, you know, this, without that, which we all agree is kind of gone now, whether you like that or not, it's now nothing but the other stuff, right? It's the squealing, it's the colloquial, it's the, here, the, this is for the season, Jim. This is for your whole life, Jim. This is for the millennium, so, Jim. So that right? stuff, I think, too, he can tone down. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, you know, th- this is the play of the game four or five times, if that makes sense. Yep. Or, like, season's on the line here where it may be. Sometimes it may not be. But either way, I don't know that we need to say that right there every single time. Like, sometimes it's okay just to let the crowd, the energy the, the intensity of the moment with the quarterback barking a cadence before a fourth and six do the talking for you. So I think there are really fair critiques with Romo, mm-hmm. legitimately. It, it's a job where no matter who does it, everyone hates everyone who does it. They just do. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's it's so easy to bash. People them. can't stand Collinsworth. They can't stand Michaels. They can't stand uh, Joe Buck. The, the, if it, it, one of my favorite lines from the movie American Gangster, which is one of my favorite movies ever. You can be successful, and you can have enemies, or you can be unsuccessful, and you can have friends. Everybody loves a color commentator who isn't on the A-team, you know, what have you. Like, right now, Greg Olson is, people enjoy Greg Olson. When Greg Olson's in your face and the guy and, and a huge name, people will hate him, too. You can be rich. You can be successful. You can have enemies, Frank. You can be unsuccessful. You can have friends. If you're on one of these big broadcasts, if you're the face of a network, People are just going to drag you on Twitter all the time. And I think that's mostly what happens with Romo. Did CBS have an intervention with him? I highly doubt it. Did they have a conversation with him where they're like, hey, here's some things you should work on? Of course. I would like to think so. If you're paying someone $30 million a year, you probably do that. I would like to think Fox has a conversation with Troy Aikman about what he does well and doesn't. Or now ESPN ESPN, with Monday Night Football. But I would be willing to bet CBS is not concerned that Tony Romo is bad at this after it wasn't even two years ago he was the toast of commentary. I don't. I guess I just don't see what everyone else sees about how he's regressed. I just think it's piling on a guy people like a lot of people don't like because it's a job people don't like. But I will say this: I think there is an element of him having turned up the fader. Mm-hmm. On the Romoisms, yeah, the stuff they, they yeah they refer to as undisciplined. Right, there's a difference between being That's unconventional. Like John Madden was unconventional, outstanding. Well, he wouldn't be in this era though. If John Maybe Madden not. broadcasted in this era, he would be crushed by everybody all the time. So there, but the the distinction they draw is unconventional versus um, undisciplined, and I think that's what Romo has fallen into now more so than ever. But so I don't I mean, it's not as if I've got a thousand audio clips I'm just going to play and we can compare and contrast 2017 to 22. But it's the feeling that I've had, certainly, is that this is now whatever the bad habits are, he's emphasizing and he's turned those up. Whereas they were always things that I found grating that like I felt like no one else noticed. So so now this is always this is all we're getting and it's in your face. So and I totally agree with that. I think he has turned up the knob Mm -hmm. where it was like a four. On the 
Ooh, Jim, ooh, here we go. Ooh, whatever that was. That's now a seven and a half or something. And if that is something that you hate, and I think a lot of people are, are annoyed by that because it's so different. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. It's campy. It's kind of grab your popcorn fun, right? That's not for everyone. That He does more of that. And if they want him to get rid of that in, in this person's opinion, because that's all any of this is. No one person is for everybody on broadcasting in, in any way. This show, any show. You listen to it, someone goes, God, how can anyone listen to Grant Paulson? That guy sucks. Oh, it's awful. And someone might go, oh, he's that guy does his homework and he's informed. Like It's all opinions, right? Sure, it's all relative. So in Marshan's opinion, he's undisciplined. But well, Marshawn's talking to somebody. Saying. Yeah, so there's a well, source somewhere, and I'm sure it gets exaggerated. Okay. You're right. You, you could talk to someone at Odyssey who yeah, would say totally. that about me. Totally. Someone else might feel differently. My point is it's that person's opinion. And, and I guess my point is I do think he is doing some of that. Uh, I'm using the, the term undisciplined. Uh-huh. Like that Romoism stuff more. To me, and this is where I still like him. I think he's good. I still learn when I watch. He's still smart. His points are really good. His analysis is good. Anyone who says he's undisciplined, I would just categorically, or not undisciplined, rather, unprepared, I would disagree with. You know, there was, in the last game they did, I think, they may have done one after, but in that Bills-Bengals game, I think it was. No, you know what it was? It was Bills-Dolphins. Uh, he they, they were about to have a play on like a third and 18 or whatever, when Skylar Thompson, who was at quarterback that day, mm-hmm. was playing for the Dolphins, and Romo said something as they were breaking the huddle, probably in a way that his delivery you probably wouldn't have liked, frankly. A lot of energy, you know, not clean, right? Hadn't been broadcasting for 30 years. But what he said was, the content of the point was, they need to be really careful right here. Don't ask this guy to be a hero on third and 18 and force this football down the field. He immediately threw a pick. Interception. Like that kind of feel for okay, the crowds in this game, the, the the wave is mounting against you. Like that's where he's still really, really good. And it's me. not to say if you're critical of him that he's never made a good point or has never done anything right. Not. But like to me, the flip is that touchdown call we came in with. There, it's a big players jam. Like did Pat Mahomes manipulate the safety with his eyes? Did he buy time by, you know, head faking this one way? What did the receiver do? What coverage was it? Greg Olson's giving you that while telling you that it's important, but it's now just Romo going, oh my goodness, I, I might faint and uh, jumper cables on my nipples. Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like the, your point is he he made a, he, he's, it's not like he never says things that are good. He still does, but it's, it's way more of the like, Aw, shucks, I can't believe I get to see this in this in this high chair. Yeah, I think I learn more from him more than any other analyst doing it other than Greg Olson right now. And I don't even think it's close. Hmm. Collinsworth is not insightful most of the time. Uh, Collinsworth does a lot of the same things you're talking about Romo doing. The jumper cable nipples comment, like that kind of, oh, this is amazing here. There was a funny clip that went viral of Mahomes like throwing the ball right into the ground in front of him. And, and Collins were talking about like, how incredible the play I, I'll was. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Like, so I, I just, I think people look for what they want to see. And like, I can watch a broadcast and you can watch a broadcast because I like watching them and you don't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you're going to be annoyed by the bad stuff. Yep. And I'm going to turn up and accentuate the good stuff. But what do you guys make of this story that CBS might be worried about the trend for Romo? And maybe, I mean, again, the report was they had an intervention. I think that's a silly turn of a phrase for what probably happened. 800-636-1067, 800 
636-1067. You want to hop in? We got tickets to go see Nickelback. We're giving away at 6 when we're joined by Darren Ravel on Grant and Danny. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.